Must be in the front row. Oh man, that was a night. Well, howdy, it's Brian back with you for another random edition, as always, of Just Say It. Glad you're around. Hope you are settling into your fall. Do you have a fire pit going? Do you have your flannel on? Do you have, of course, your pumpkin latte? We've gone over this already, but I hope that fall is treating you well. One of the highlights of fall on this end was getting to meet someone who I really look up to, uh, somebody who I think is just good people and real people. And, uh, well, he's one person, but, you know, the phrase, whatever. Uh, got a chance to meet one of my favorite comedians, uh, actually in person the other night. Had a uh, an opportunity to go see him in concert there. Uh, he actually was planning on putting on a show in our area, and then that show uh, didn't happen. It had to get rescheduled and moved to a different venue. Moved it to another venue. The venue was actually the old comedy club where I had gone with buddies back when I was in college to, to go watch comedians. This guy is like, you know, 27 levels above this now. Like, he's he's big time. Uh, but he was kind enough to still come to our town and do a show at a much smaller venue. I mean, this venue, like, we got there. We bought the last two tickets that were left for the show. There was a sold-out show, and it said VIP section. So I thought, all right, cool. And then I read the fine print, you know, and it says, these are the 20 seats that are closest to the stage. I'm like, all right, like... Now we're talking. See, I don't know how you are in that realm. If you are going to watch a comedian and you are in the awareness that you're about to be sitting close by, there's two reactions I feel like that can come from this. There can be excitement and there can be nervousness or anxiety or fear because you're probably going to get involved in what's going on up on stage. For me, it was a little more the former. Uh, I was kind of looking forward to maybe having a chance to, I don't know, just have some interaction uh, with this gentleman and with maybe just, who knows, having a, a laugh or two there. So anyway, we get there. The seats are like practically on the stage. Like they were touching the stage. I could have put my feet up on the stage if I had preferred to do that. I don't think that is the proper thing to do. So didn't do that. But anyway, the show got started, and there he is, John Christ. John Christ. Man, if you are uh, not familiar with this gentleman, go ahead, look him up. He's got a few billion, you know, YouTube views and whatever else and Instagram stories. And, dude, the guy uh, is Riot. He is a walking, hilarious man with uh, fabulous insights on life. And he's also a very real guy. I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but... Man, fabulous show, funny as heck, all the jokes. Uh, got to participate a little bit in the program. He threw out some questions there, and I realized right away that there were certain people who fell in both categories. Uh, there was the gal next to us who kind of 
uh, started answering for other people, and then the lady behind her then who started answering for her, <laughs> and they, of course, were immediately uh, roasted. That was fantastic. There was the guy a few seats down who I don't even know what was going on. Like, John would ask him a question. He asked him what he did. The guy didn't even speak. Like, he couldn't even form words. Would, would that be you? Do you think that would be you if you were in the front row of a comedian show? This, of course, is free material for the person who is performing on stage. He finally got out that he was a farmer, and John had all kinds of fun with that for the rest of the night. But the guy, every time he asked a question, like he couldn't even talk. I don't know if he was trying to come up with his own material or if he was just petrified because he was involved. But it's like, bro, you're sitting in the front row of a comedy show. I think you got to have something with you. This is just my personal take on this. If you are going to go and you know you have a VIP ticket, it says it right on there. These are seats that are close to the show. Or if you go in like a reserve seat venue, you know, like an actual bigger venue besides a tiny little comedy club where your seats are reserved. I feel like I feel like you should prepare. I feel like that's actually on you as the audience member to maybe have a little bit of material just in case. Uh, at minimum, be ready to be on your toes enough to, to go along with the show. Case in point, the guy on the other side uh, of us who was really uh, not necessarily either into it or just was too serious or something, or as John would probably say, his wife dragged him to the show. But whatever it was, uh, there was one point where he's asking him a question and he's like, hey, sir, what's your name? Da -da -da. So da -da -da -da, this is pretty much how this situation would go. Is that how you do it? And he's like, well, no. <laughs> it's just like, guy, what, what are you doing? The man is trying to do a set. Just go along with what he's doing. Then there was the, uh, the the gal and the guy on the other side of the stage. This was great. He asks her if this is the boyfriend. Uh, she said, yes. How long have you known him? One day, like they just met yesterday, but now it's the boyfriend. And then ask what, of course, he does. She doesn't know. This is fabulous. Like, I don't know, man. It was just really cool uh, getting to see kind of from that level of closeness almost like the wheels turning in his head, like what he saw and how he processed it. And of course, just all the laughs were fantastic. Well, then afterwards, yeah, I get it. It wasn't a huge venue, but this is beside the point. Apparently, he'd done this at larger venues before that. He takes the time to allow everyone to go get a photograph with him. That's unheard of. That's fantastic. So of course, this is exciting to me. I already enjoy the guy and already feel like I can resonate with him in some ways, and just I really like that uh, that his story includes some ups and downs. My story includes some ups and downs. I suppose ours all do, but you get the point. I just I relate to that, and so he's out there, and there he is, and we go and get to say hi to him. And man, wouldn't you know it? The the, the dude like talks to us for like several minutes. Like I was carrying on a conversation with him. Can't tell you how much that meant, John, to uh, have you just listen so I could share a few things. And that was a, a privilege getting to listen to you share a few things. And I was letting him know just of, of my, the one of the jobs that I had done in the past there as a radio show host, a Christian radio show host, in fact, and uh, just getting to share a little bit about that and just some of the ins and outs of ministry and all those things. And man, it was just a really cool chat. And I am grateful for the time and got a chance to, you know, take a photo with him and you know, shook his hand and said, thanks a lot, bro. And uh, he is a good dude. So this is just my shameless plug here to go out 
and check out this guy's show. Uh, you're, you're not going to be disappointed. John Christ, he's all over the place. It's uh, easy to find him and really, really good times. So needless to say, that was a, a good night. An interesting drive over to the show that night. Found some motorcyclists kind of in a pack. You know when you encounter motorcyclists in a pack, and I'm not talking about like the Harley ones. I'm talking about like the sport bikes. When you encounter uh, a, a group of people on this type of motorcycle in a group, it's pretty safe. Like if you're a betting person, go ahead and put your money down that you're about to find some sort of tomfoolery either getting ready to happen or already happening or it has happened. Well, as they pull away from the light, wouldn't you know it, here comes hot shot number two over there on the second bike. And I, the guy, like, he he raises his bike up, so he's now, like, on the back wheel. Have you seen this? And then he's just driving the motorcycle. Like, he's driving it down the street, essentially, what is that, vertical, uh, off the ground with, with one wheel straight above the other. First of all, how many laws of physics are we defying with this act anyway, like, what the heck, like, how do you even drive that? Second of all, I mean, I, I like to think that I'm pretty adventurous, right? Like, I like to try a lot of new things. I ain't trying that. Like, there's no way. Like, the bike was made with two wheels for a reason. I think of back growing up when my my parents would be like, put the chair on all four legs. Like, I would like to lean back, you know, like after dinner or something, when you lean back on those back two legs put the chair down. That was always the message. I got to say, that was me to this person on the sport bike. Like, put put the bike down. Put all the wheels on the ground. I mean, you're driving around on one wheel. And when I used to live in Myrtle Beach, there was a bike week down there. There were two of them, actually. But the one that was the craziest was the one with the sport bikes. And off they would go, right, like zooming in between the lanes and somebody standing up on the bike on the back. Like, why can't we just ride these bikes? Uh, we would have the name for people like that and the people driving around like this guy on one wheel. Uh, their name was Organ Donor. I know it might sound a little harsh, but I'm just saying, what are you doing? You're putting yourself at great peril. But hey, provided for some great entertainment uh, while heading over there that night. The entertainment the week before that was going on this crazy, wild, uh, offshore fishing trip. Uh, went on vacation and had the opportunity. Have you ever done this? Like, even if you don't like fishing, have you ever gone out on an offshore fishing trip? This was one of the coolest things that I've had a chance to be a part of. You see, in the part of the country where I live, the fish are not that big. Like, they're fun to catch. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy doing it and actually do it several times a week when the weather is nice. I'm not saying it's bad, but the size of fish, keep in mind, right, you catch a fish that's like a foot and a half long or something, and it's like, woo, like, hey, it's a whopper. Well, go out to the Gulf of Mexico for about four hours and see if your opinion changes on that. Not like half an hour into it, all of a sudden, the the, the guy, there's there's two guys, so it's, it's Chris, Captain Chris, cool guy, and CJ uh, were out there with this was company, Daily Charters. I think this whole episode is just about plugging things, I guess. So go check out Daily Charters when you're in Gulfport, Mississippi. Fabulous, guys. So CJ sees the pole on the back of the boat start to, you know, do its thing, right, as we're slowly moving, trolling, as it's called, for those of you unfamiliar with fishing. And he's like, all right, it's up, it's up, it's up. And so, okay, keep in mind, I fish 
regularly. Like I know the basics of how to fish. And so he has the pole and I know that my next job is to start cranking the reel. Y'all, I can't crank the dang reel. The reel is too, it the, the thing's too heavy. This thing, it's like pulling in, seriously, I compared it to like pulling in like a, like a first grader or something like out there from like a raft. Like, I mean, it's like a 45 pound fish on the back of this uh, line and, and we're moving, right? So there's resistance as well. So I immediately realized that this could suck because I'm not going to be able to reel in the fish. Like I'm going to have to tell him like, oh, could you reel it in for me? I mean, just this, this momentary sense of defeat that comes over me at this point. But so, you know, I start, and I mean, I'm not the strongest guy in the world. I will never be a macho dude, a macho man. Like, I don't brag about, like, oh, I can bench, like, 700 pounds. Like, dude, that ain't me, okay? Like, I'm a stick. Like, I'm not that strong or muscular. I don't care. That doesn't bother me. But I'm trying to set the mood here. I'm trying to paint the picture. It's not like I'm some hoss. But I am a guy who can fish. Like, I can reel in a stupid reel, except on that day. Like, it took everything I could to just barely crank it around in a circle like once. I'm like, like finally, I mean, minutes later, I swear, it's like a arm workout and a half. If you ever want to work on your uh, your biceps or whatever that muscle is in there, yeah, go ahead and go on an offshore fishing trip and then catch something because you're about to work the heck out. And so we finally get it close enough, right, to where the weight is all the way up and then the guy... Uh, CJ goes and he tugs that thing in there and boom, there is this massive, massive fish like nothing I've ever seen about two feet away from me, just flipping and flopping. One of the coolest things ever, man. And so later on in the day, we come across like a whole school of fish. And the thing you're looking for out there in that specific area is redfish. If you've ever had redfish, tasty, tasty stuff. Great for like fish tacos or a fish sandwich or fish, whatever the heck you make out of fish. And so there's a whole school of them, right? And so then the, and CJ's throwing the line out there and Chris was throwing one out there even while he's driving the boat, like multitasking. Way to go, Chris. And and wouldn't you know it, they're on. And so then we're just tugging and yanking and those things are starting to come into the boat. Caught several of those. And then at one point, my wife had another one uh, on the line. One of the other fish, the, uh, oh gosh, the Jack Creval. Look those things up. Those are some funky looking big old fish. And so she couldn't handle that one and so gave it over to cj and cj's bringing it in and takes a couple cranks at it snap like the actual pole snaps in half like at the base not at the top but at the base like where he was actually holding it this is apparently not a normal way for things to go down and they have lines that can handle like a hundred pound fish this fish was so big that, of course, there's the fish story. Here we go. Uh, it's always better than they get away, right? This fish was so big that it actually snapped the line in half and just swam off. But, man, like, one of the coolest things, brought home, like, 20 pounds of fish. So there's going to be, like, fish tacos for, for weeks and months or, or, again, whatever the heck that is. But highly recommend trying a uh, an offshore fishing excursion because it's fun and it's cool. And you might get some fish out of it. And while you're at it, perhaps you will stay somewhere uh, like a VRBO. And are you the kind of person when you stay at a VRBO, do you hit the reviews? Like, do you look at them to see if they're any good? And then, uh, you know, kind of base your decision on that. I do this almost exclusively for these types of things. Hotels are one thing. 
they have the star ratings, and so there's at least some general parameter of what it might be. I still go to the reviews for those, too. But if you're going to get a VRBO, dude, you got to check out the ratings. You got to know, like, what is going on? I mean, you've got, right, like, Bill and Francis's uh, bungalow, and you got to see what in the world is happening at this joint or if there's something really wrong with it. So went with the reviews. Uh, the reviews were good, and that's cool. Checked it out. All good. Didn't search through them all, I'll be honest. But afterwards, uh, after <laughs> after having found a couple of la cucarachas uh, at the place, what the heck? I get it. It's the south, and it's warm. But, dude, I don't want to have a cockroach when I'm on vacation, or basically ever. I don't know why those things even exist. They can just be eliminated from life now. So I'm going on the reviews now to think, what did I miss? What did I miss? Well, what do I find on there? Nothing about that. But I find people, I want to know what you think about this. I find people who are rating the unit negatively because it didn't have a full-size dresser. What? Like, I, I don't know about you, but when I go on vacation, I ain't taking that much, first of all. I don't care if I'm going for a week. If they got laundry, I'll do a wash. Like, I'm not going to bring an entire wardrobe full of clothes on vacation. You're on vacation. In this case, it was a vacation at the beach. So why on earth are you bringing so many clothes, one, just in general, but two, that you need a dresser, and then three, that you would actually take the time to go and comment on somebody's VRBO page that a negative to the place was... They didn't have a full-size dresser, so I couldn't enjoy my trip. That's, no, that's, I, I just don't understand that. Bring less clothes or tough it out, figure it out, right? Use your bag or maybe hang a couple of things up or use your bag, right? Okay, that's just me. Sorry, that one just really struck me as being odd. And the one that was even odder than that was the next review that said the same thing, great place, but they knocked them down a peg because they didn't have a full-length mirror. <laughs> what? 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 Like, do you have to look at yourself so much that even when you're on vacation, if there's no full-length mirror available, you're somehow dissatisfied with the, the property and so dissatisfied that you have to go online to tell people about it or to kind of like passively, aggressively tell the owner, you know, I would have given you five stars, but that full-length mirror wasn't there. So <laughs> this is also absurd, in my opinion. Like, just go right to the person. Like, when you, if you've ever rented a VRBO, you know you have a direct line of communication, either through the email of the website, or they often give you their number. Dude, just text the guy or gal, like, hey, maybe throw a full-length mirror in there. Like, you don't have to go on the whole internet and knock down their rating by a percentage point, because you wanted to look at yourself a lot on vacation. That is all I have to say about that. Regardless, good times, always nice to get away. And man, just wow, still blown away by the experience the other night getting to meet John. Those are things that are just, I don't know, man, like, if you're like me, there are just, there are so many things in life that wow you. And, and by so many, I mean, not much. Like I, I just, there's so many times in life that I just kind of feel like I go through life and it's like, okay, but there've been times in my life where I have just been 
been wowed or, or just I get to a point where it's like, oh my gosh, that's really cool. And this was one of them. I just, I don't know. It was a high for me, a high note for me. And so thankful for that. And uh, thankful for you. Thankful for you listening to this podcast. One of these days, I'll start getting back into some sort of regular routine with this. I feel like it's it goes like three weeks at a time now. My bad. But at the same time, I, again, I really don't care. Uh, I'm just glad to be able to talk with you. And we do this when we can. In the meantime, hey, go out and have yourself a day like right above average at least strive for that i mean sometimes it doesn't work out but whatever we will uh pick this back up here (laughs) probably in three weeks no maybe sooner i am glad to uh be able to do this with you and go spread the love man enjoy your day see ya bye